Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf's test block. We're going to go from the bottom of Yudalad Amud Bay's 14b. Today's shiz, Le'ilu Nishma, Shlomo ben Aaron, and Baruch ben Chaim Tzvi. May their neshamot have an aliyah, and may their memory be a blessing. It is also for Fuhr Shleimah of Hanachaika Bas Baba Michla, and Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. And also Rafur Shleim of Zalman Mordechai Ben Miriam. Okay, so we were discussing yesterday how Avelus cancels the regal, and then we moved on to what about a Matsora and a Menude, what about or someone who's Menude that's in excommunication, and what about someone who's um, a Matsora? And now we're going to ask all questions. Um, about 12, 13, about 13 questions. We're going to start with the halacha of an ovel. And then we're going to say what's the halacha regarding a menude, someone who's excommunicated, and, uh, and a metzora, someone who has tzoras, do those halachas also apply? So it starts second last line of Yud Dalai Namud Beis. It says, "Ovel also betasperes." A mourner is not allowed to shave. What's the source? Now, interesting enough, we're going to come across three main sources for Avelus. Let me think if it's three. Actually, four. The first source is this one by the sons of when Aaron. Remember when they were inaugurating the Mishkan, and the sons of Aaron, not of an Avil, brought a strange fire to. It says Eshzor to the to offer up. Um, and therefore, during the inauguration, Aaron and his sons were mourners for their brothers, for not of an avil. So that's the one source. The other source is where Yechezkel was told, um, Yechezkel was told his wife will die, but, and he got a whole list of special rulings regarding Avelos. So we actually can learn, we learn from those halachas told to Yechezkel how the opposite of what a normal mourner would do. Um, that's Yechezkel, not of an avil. And then another source is um, Yoav was trying to tell, he wanted to send David a message. So he told this woman to dress up and act like she's in mourning. So then when we see how he tells her to behave, we learn the converse. Well, we learn how mourners should behave. And then another source is by David Amelech, where after he sinned by Bathsheba, she became pregnant. And then the child she gave birth to was very sick and died. So we learn some halachas from there. So those are the four main sources. So the first one here is uh, Oval can't have a haircut. And this is because because the Torah says to the sons of Aaron, again, but where they should have been mourning for Norman Abiyu, it says, Do not let your hair grow long. I Normally a mourner would have to let the hair grow long, but you, and this is a special scenario, don't let your, your hair grow long. By the fact that they mustn't let the hair grow long implies that most people must let the hair grow long. One of the famous halakha questions is how long is this for? How long does a mourner have to grow his hair? Now just to remember, interesting enough, there are seven main relatives that a person mourns for, but it's basically parents, siblings and children. And wife. And all of them, the, sh the shiva ends after the seven days, and then there's shloshim, which is less strict. But still quite strict and for parents it continues 
for another 12 till the end of 12 months so remember that that availus of the full year is only by parents and, and again with each of these you have to analyze what's the halacha another important point to be aware of is that the what part of availus if any is da'araisa everyone seems to agree that the availus of um the availus of shiva is drabonon the question is on the first day the rambam says let me see i meant to leave it open let me just check if i have it quickly um the rambam in hilchas availus right at the beginning uh, not yet. Um, the Rambam in uh, Perik Aleph, Halacha Aleph, Mihilchus Avelus says, Mitzvahs Aselis Avalalakrovim. It's a positive commandment to, to mourn for relatives. Your name is a positive. It says, Hayom, Hayitav Ba'enai Hashem, Ba'enai Hashem. Says the only availus minatora is the first day, either day when the per, when he, when the person dies and is buried. That's the day that it's doraisa. Aval shar hashiva yomim din Torah. The rest of the seven days are not doraisa. Oh, but we find in the Torah, Rambam's raising an interesting question. It says, He mourned for his father seven days. That's a, isn't that a good source for Avelus in the Torah? It says, No, after the Torah was given, that's when we learn the halachas from. I'll come back to that line. And Moshe Rabbeinu instituted the Avelus. The, the seven days of Avelus and the seven days of Mishteh. I seven days of celebrating. That I assume that's referring to um, Sheva Brachas, but I'm not sure. So again, so this so again, the, according to the Rambam, the first day is Doraisa, the day that the the day of death, and the rest of Shiva is a Takara from Moshe Rabbeinu. That's one. And then just as a side interesting point, he says, Oh, but didn't they mourn Yaakov for seven days? I think that's yes, obviously, I think that's by Yaakov. Seven days. So he says very interestingly, he says, No, we can't really learn halachas from before Matantara. Whatever we see the Avos practiced or kept before Matantara, that's not a source for us to have those halachas. If the Torah tells us after Matantara to keep those halachas, then we keep it. There are a few examples. Mila was told to Avram. So how do we know that we have to do Mila just because Avram had to do Mila? And similarly, the Gidanoshe. The Rambam clearly in Chulin by Gidanoshe says this, that we keep Gidanoshe, and he lists a few other mitzvahs. It's not because our ancestors before Matan Torah kept it. After Matan Torah, you go by after Matan Torah, after the Torah was given. And that's what you go by. So that's an interesting point, but that's something to keep in mind. Okay, so how long are you not allowed to cut your hair for? So that's a discussion. And uh, another an added aspect is by your parents. It says... Uh, much longer than by other mourners and it gives a very unclear measurement it says from when your friend would ask you when you're going to cut your hair that's the measurement given by our parents so how uh, 
So how long is that? And okay, and the post can discuss it, and the discuss doesn't make a difference nowadays where people would cut more often or shave every day. But those are, that's something to keep in mind with each of these halachas. When does it apply? Some of them will see only apply on the first day. Some apply all of Shiva, some apply Shloshim, and some longer. Just something to keep in the back of your mind. Okay, so that's the source for shaving. Now we just ask, Does someone in who's excommunicated or someone who has Tzoras, can they shave their hair? So Toshma, the price says, Someone, a Menute and a Matsura is forbidden to um, cut their hair or bath, or wash their clothes, sorry, or wash their clothes. Menude Shemais, and then we just uh, elaborate from that price, and Menude Shemais based in Solkenes Aroina. When, if someone dies while still excommunicated, based in stone, his coffin. This doesn't mean that they place a pile of stones on the coffin, like uh, on the grave, like they did by Ochon. Ochon was when they conquered um, Jericho, there was a a ban on all the property and he broke that property so he was stoned to death and they piled a heap of stones on his um, on his grave he says but that's not what you do that's a bit of, that's for that special case it says based in Evan based in go and place a large stone on his coffin to teach you based in Sarona to warn people that Based in stone, your coffin. I this symbolic placing of a stone, a large stone. I don't know if it's on the coffin or on the grave, but it's to symbolize that he's in a way he's being stoned, and it's to highlight. Lelamdecho means it's to teach. It's not just to insult him. Lelamdecho comes to add that you must take a lesson from this. Look at the various, the severity of the various that he did that he was put into excommunication. And then he disrespected the Chachomim by not uh, working on repairing what he did. So in those scenarios, we would say um, he, um, that's why he has the stone placed on his grave. Of, now we move on to the next one, Atifas Harosh. This is wrapping of the head. It says, An oval is obligated to wrap his head. Seems kind of like if you imagine putting your talus over your head and then wrapping it, as you'll see, in front of your face. Like that. Um, so he says, Atifus Harosh, Mirkomale Rahman Lecheskil, Hashem said to Yecheskil, for Lotate al Sofom, you mustn't veil over your over your mouth. Michal de Kuliyama Machayev, that tells us that everyone else is obligated. Again, remember I said from Yecheskil, Hashem said, your wife will die and you will not be allowed to mourn her, like most mourners. So when the Torah comes along and then when the Pasuk then says, and you will not cover your Mouth, I do the satifa. It means that you do, that they would do atifa. Now the question is, we don't do atifa. I don't think you've ever seen a mourner take something and cover their face or cover their, their, their mouth. So that's already discussed in Shulchan Aruch. Um, and the Ramor says, something that our ancestors pra- practiced, you shouldn't practice. So he's, he's kind of saying, like, even if you think it's a good idea because it's brought in the Gomorrah, says don't do it and the shach goes into the reason the one reason he gives he says it looks it looks very ridiculous in our time and age and the non-jews will mar- uh, mark you um etc but we don't do this atifas harosh interesting enough he brings however you should like do something symbolic of it like lower your hat a little to cover your eyes or something but again the whole purpose one of the reasons we don't do atif is to not to look too ridiculous so that's why I think um, in our society we don't do any, I don't know of any aspect we do that 
covers Atifas Harosh. Menudo Mahabah Atifas Harosh. Does someone excommunicated cover their face? It says, Omar Rav Yosef, Toshma. Rav Yosef says, come, I'll bring you a proof. Now this is, remember we learned in Tanis that if there's no rain, they set up sets of fast. And the most, they do three fasts, three fasts, and then seven fasts. And the seven are the very extreme. It says, what happens if those 13 fasts have passed and it doesn't rain anymore? And we're going to bring a lot of that, um, a lot of things from that uh, Brisa. But that Brisa says, after, they've, after those 13 fasts have passed and it's not raining, then the people live in a style of uh, very, like like they've been rejected from Hashem, but that's what, this is the source for Menudo. He says, And the sages would wrap their faces, and they would sit like they in, like they excommunicated, and like they mourners, until Hashem shows mercy on them. So what do we see? A Menudo does wrap his face, because it says someone, after these fasts, you act like you're in, Menude, you excommunicated and you wrap your face. It says, Omale Abai says, No, until Menude, Lashem, shiny the Chomir. He says, Maybe being Menude excommunicated by Hashem is different and stricter. Uh, in this case, it's, we're discussing our lochos when Basin put you in Chayrim. The Gomorrah in Tarnis is basically where, when Basin excommunicates you. Well, the Gomorrah in Tarnis is discussing where Hashem has excommunicated you. That's the symbolism of the no rain coming forth after 13 fasts and the davening and the fasting, etc. So that could be stricter and therefore we don't have a good proof that a menude must cover his face. Mitzorah malt batifasarosh, does a mitzorah cover his face? Says, Toshma kaminyev al sofom yateh. Says, and you will wrap it on your mouth. Michal shechai batifasarosh. That implies that he is chai batifasarosh. Again, this is the this is this pasuk is exactly by is directly by discussing the the mitzvah. Says oval. Now we move on to the next one. Oval tefillin. An oval does not put on tefillin. Because Hashem said to Yechezkel, again, unlike all mourners, He says You shall have your peer, your splendor on you. Are your tefillin? This implies that everyone else is forbidden to wear their tefillin. This we know mourners don't wear tefillin. It's not the whole shiver that they don't wear tefillin. It's just on the first day. So again, this is, as I mentioned, you've got to keep in mind when, which parts of Avelos do which halachas apply. So that's regarding tefillin. And we see that a mourner does not wear tefillin. Menude ma'al betfillin. Does a menude, someone excommunicated, wear tefillin? Teku, not sure. Metzora ma'al betfillin. Mitzorah, what's the halacha about tefillin? Toshma, come and says, Vahatzorah. The po- There's a whole extra posuk by Mitzorah, and now we're going to just elaborate. Vahatzorah, Rabbos Kohen Godel. To tell us that even the Kohen Godel can have Tzorahs, and has to act like a Mitzorah. The God of you, Perumim, his clothes must be Perumim. What does that mean? Shiu Makriim, Makuraim. That they must be torn. He must tear his clothes. Veroshe ye Peruah. And his hair must be parua. Ain priya elagidul sar divrei Rebeleza says, what does it mean? His hair must be parua. It means he must leave his hair to grow long. I he mustn't shave his hair. Mustn't have a haircut. Rebbe Akiva Omar Rebbe Akiva says, no. Nemra havaya barosh nemra havaya beget. Regarding his clothes, it uses the word yihiyeh, havaya, it must be. And it also uses that word barosh. By his head covering, yihiyeh parua. Says, for just as when it says that his clothes must be um, from him, I torn at something that's external to his body. 
His clothes are external to his body. So too, when it discusses what he must do with his head. That is something external to his body. So it can't be referring to a haircut. Because it contra- there's a connection between it and tearing his clothes. Now, tearing his clothes is on something external. So this that he has to do on his head is also so... Uh, my love, at fillin, I must be going back on fillin. What's on his head that's external to his body that he should have to do differently? So that would be, he doesn't wear fillin. So Omar Papa Rabobah says, no. Lo akumta vasudra could be referring to his hat, um, his hat or turban. I, he wears his hat and turban differently. He does atifa sarosh. So according to Rabbi Akiva, seems to come out that a mourner, a mitzara might actually well, yeah, uh, according to the first suggestion is that a, a Mitzorah would not wear tefillin, according to Rabbi Akiva. According to the second version, he should wear tefillin. Um, now, interestingly enough, at the top of the page, we said when we were discussing Atifas Harosh. Sorry, sorry. Here it's sorry. sorry. I'm, I'm explaining. What does it mean his head should be Paruat? It means he would uncover his head, take off his hat and his turban, according to our papa. So a Mitzora doesn't take off his twillin, he takes off his hat and his turban. But that's strange, because at the top of the page, didn't we say that? Um, um, at the top of the page, we said very clearly, he says, Menude Malba Atifas Harosh, and then Mitzora Malba Atifas Harosh, and by Mitzora we said, he does cover his head. So you can't tell me that he takes off his head covering and at the same time he covers his head. So Tosos actually point out that they're arguing. Rav Popa here is against the Gomorrah up above. The Gomorrah up above holds that he does cover his hair. And Rav Popa is saying, yeah, contrary to he does not cover his hair. But they're not, uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're arguing with each other. Okay, now back to the next one. So we've just, so far we've discussed um, haircuts, covering one's head. And putting on fillin. So now we go oval. Also, Shaila Sholom, and oval is not allowed to greet people. The Ka'oma Le Rahmonali Yechezkel, because Hashem said to Yechezkel, Haneg Dom, sit and grieve in silence. Aye, that's telling us don't talk to people. Menuda Mahu Vishaila Sholom, what about a Menuda? Someone is excommunicated. So Omar Gosa, Toshma, Vishaila Sholom, Shemain Olam Lechavero, Kimnei Odom, and Azufi Lamakum. Again, this is by the Gomorrah, by the Mishnah Tanis. And they don't, people, after these 13 fasts have passed and there's no rain, people stop greeting each other like someone who's um, chastised by Hashem. Omar Le Abaya says his same, uh, uh, his same challenge. He says, Dilma. Maybe if you excommunicated by Hashem, it's more severe. That's why in Tanis it says you don't greet each other. But a regular excommunicate, a person excommunicated by Beisdin can greet people, or people can greet him. Okay, so that's no proof. And Mitzora Malbush Ela Shalom. What about a Mitzora? Can he greet people? Toshmav Al Safom Yate. He wraps it over his mouth. But she used Zubazu that he that means it's actually teaching us that he must seal his lips. That he is like someone who's excommunicated and like someone who's mourning and forbidden to greet people. And that's conclusive. So a mitzore, by the when the Pasuk says, that's telling us that mitzores we don't greet. Again, this law of greeting is similar to the one that we're familiar on. Yom Kippur. Now the Gemara just asks, if you notice this, the previous question was, what about a 
Menude, can he greet people? And Rav Yosef brought a proof from the Mishnah, from the Gemara in Tainis, that he does, does not greet people, like someone who's Menude from Shomayim. And Abayah says that's not a good proof because maybe Menude by Shomayim is stricter. So the Gemara asks, ah, oh, so well, we've just answered our question. Because here it said, the, the, the Mitzorah must be like a Menuda and an Oval, and he's not allowed to greet people. So we now have an answer to our question. Does a Menuda greet, can he, can he, can people greet him? So Omar of Achabar Pinchas, which made Rav Yosef, Rav Achabar Yitzcha, Bar Pinchas in the name of Rav Yosef, says, Mi Katani Osur. It doesn't teach that he is also. It doesn't teach kemenudo of. It doesn't teach yeah. He's also kemenudo okavel. He's forbidden to greet people like a menudo. It says sheyahei kemenude vaavel katani. It's teaching that he should be like a menudo and an oval. But so that would be in other halachas. So you read it as follows. It says, Someone who has Mitzoris is like a menude and an oval. And a Mitzoris is also also to greet people. But it's not telling us the halacha regarding greeting by uh, someone who's an oval and a menude. So that's how he's reading it. Um... Yeah, so we have still have no answer to our question on that. Okay, now we move on to the next one. Ovel also bedivrei Torah, and Ovel is forbidden to learn Torah. As the Hashem said to Yechezkel, you must be silent. Now, interestingly, here we're saying that just as Yechezkel was told to remain silent, so to a mourner must remain silent. I just as Yechezkel must remain silent, other mourners are. Not allowed to learn Torah. They say Malocha, which Tosos discuss. How do we know when, when, we, when we read what Hashem told Yechezkel to do, is that the opposite of Hilchus Avelus? And we learn because Hashem's telling him, don't mourn for your wife. And therefore, all those practices mentioned, we would do in mourning. And when is Hashem telling Yechezkel something like, yeah, like, don't learn Torah. And we say, oh, if Yechezkel wasn't supposed to learn Torah, we're also not supposed to learn Torah. So that's a little bit of a tricky discussion. Um, Tosas going into it. But either way, we see from Yechezkel that a mourner does not learn Torah. Very interesting. What's the problem with learning Torah for a mourner? And is it a regular... So, I mean, the common one, I mean, we say Batisha Bav also, is that because uh, Torah gladdens the heart and we want to limit the Simcha. Um... On the other hand, we find there's the question is, so are you completely exempt from learning Torah? Or is it, and therefore you don't have to learn anything, you should sit silently? Or should you still learn what a mourner is allowed to learn? There are certain sections in the Torah that a mourner is allowed to learn. So maybe should he learn those? Or should he rather sit silently, but if he needs to learn, then he can learn those? So a lot of interesting discussions regarding um, a mourner and Torah learning. Then we let's then the Gemara asks, Ah, Mururam al Can someone who is excommunicated learn Torah? Says Omar of Yosef. Toshmar of Yosef says, Come in here. I'll bring a proof. Menudeh shayneh v'shayneh lo. Someone who's excommunicated, we teach him. He can learn, and we teach him. Niskar, uh, sorry, he can teach and he can be taught. Niskar v'noishin lo. He can be hired to do workers, and he can hire workers to work for him. And we can hire him to work. 
Muhram, however, someone who's in Khairam, we'll see later, Menuda and Muhram, someone, someone who's Menuda and someone who's in Khairam, are both types of excommunication, but Khairam is much stricter. So Muhram, he's not allowed to learn and we don't learn, we don't learn from him and we don't teach him. So, yeah, so he can't teach and you can't teach him. You're not allowed to hire him and you're not allowed to hire to him to work. He's not allowed to work. He can learn by himself. So he doesn't interrupt his learning. So it's specifically the interactive part of learning with other people that would be problematic, but he can carry on learning by himself. He says, oh, what is it? And he says, He's allowed to do, open a small shop to keep himself sustained. I, he's not really, this Muhram's not really supposed to be integrating with society, but he's allowed to have a small business on the side to be able to sustain himself. But Omar Rav, Rav gave an example. He can sell water in the marketplace of Arvos. Seems there was very limited water there. And it was quite, um, um, and therefore he could have this business of selling the water. Shmamina, we see very clearly from here that a Menude can learn Torah. Not only can a Menude learn Torah, he can be taught Torah, and we can, and he can teach Torah. So he can join, he can join his classes. Interestingly enough, a halacha to keep in mind, we're going to see that a Menude has to keep a distance of four amos from other people. He has to be at a distance of about two meters from other people. So when he's in class, he'd have to go to the corner of the classroom and keep a distance of two meters. Interesting there's the famous story, and they, they ask questions across. Maybe we'll get a chance to discuss. You know the famous story where with Rebbe Lezer, with Tanur Shelach Achnai, when there was that big fight in Basin, he said it's Tahar, and Rebbe Shua said it's Tomeh, and he said, if I'm correct, the tree will jump. If I'm correct, the stream will flow backwards. If I'm correct, uh, the walls of the base Medrash will cave in. If I'm correct, the bus call will come down. All those things, he wouldn't concede that Sanhedrin took a vote and decided that that oven is Tomei when he saw so clearly that it was Tahar. And what did they do? You have a rabbi, even a great, great sage who won't listen to the Sanhedrin. They put, they excommunicated him. Okay, there's a discussion, was it Nidu or was it Chayrem? But there we see interesting things. We see that the Tamirei Chachomim still went and learned from him. Oh, how could they learn from him? Wasn't he excommunicated? says, no, they could sit outside of four Amos. Um, I once heard a very interesting shir by um, Rabbi Berowan, but he was speaking about the effectiveness of cherems uh, and excommunications. He says, very, very often they backfire. He says, you see, you put someone who's written a book that you don't hold by in cherem, all of a sudden the whole Jewish community buys his book and reads it. He says, you put someone in cherem, it brings publicity to his works, and his popularity grows and all of a sudden he becomes a Rebbe to many, many followers. So he, he was speaking about the effectiveness of Khairim and he brought that as a, as a model for how sometimes, sometimes you have to put Khairim in according to the Allah, like there, Rebbe Lezer wasn't listening to the Sanhedrin, so they had to put him in Khairim. So, so they followed all the technical halachas, but the spirit of the law, they still, uh, they still observed. Um, like they, uh, sorry, the spirit, the spirit of the the technical halachas they kept, but as the spirit of the law, they kind of still interacted with him and showed him respect and and discussed Torah with him like a menude. Okay, carrying on, we say Mahamatzora Torah. Can a Mitzora learn Torah? So Toshma, come in here. 
You shall make it known to your sons and sons. Yom Asher like the down when you stood before Hashem in Chorev. So the primary condition to learn Torah is with awe, fear, trembling, and shaking. And therefore, Afkan, you'd have to inc- include these words, so to hear these people. As, as so to nowadays and so to yeah, you learn as long as you can learn with Aimayuri, etc., you can learn. We can Omru, therefore they said, Hazovin Bamatsorin or Bale Nidos, as Zav and Zavos, people who have Tsoras, those uh, women who are Nidos, Mutoris Likros Batorov, and even Vuxovin Vilishno, it's Midrash Tamur Velochos Vagodos. They're allowed to learn Tanakh and Midrash and Gomorrah and Halochos and Agodos. They're allowed to learn everything. Why? There's no lacking in the Aima and the Yira. Their Ratach and their Zaya. So why can't they learn? However, Bale Kerin Osurin. A Bal Keri is forbidden to read Torah because what triggers the Keri is a lack of awe and fear. And therefore, he's in contrast to that requirement. But all other people can learn Torah. So there's no reason to say that a Mitzvah can't learn Torah. Shmamina, and that's conclusive. Okay, now we move on to the next one laundering clothes. Oval Osur Bixovis. An oval is not allowed to launder his clothes. It says, Now this is the case, remember I mentioned about the woman. Yoav wanted this woman to dress up like a mourner, to act like a mourner. So from what he told her, we see what the practice of mourners is. Yoav sent to Kutokav, and he took from there a wise woman. And he said to her, His avli no, believe she no, big da evil. He says, I want you to act like a mourner. And I want you to wear mourners' clothes. Okay, before we go on, that's the source. Mourners are wearing, mourners' clothes become dirty and a bit smelly and stuff like that. And that's because they don't change their clothes. And you will cover yourself in, uh, you will, don't anoint yourself with oil and be like a woman who's been mourning for many, many months, for many days. So therefore we see that uh, that's the source that an oval does not launder his clothes. Can a Manuda and Mitzorah launder their clothes? Toshma, come in here. says It says very clearly in the Brysa that someone who's a Manuda and the Mitzorah is not allowed to wash their clothes. Okay, now we move on to the next one. Kriya, tearing their garments. Oval, chayibah, kriya, dekamalurach, monolimna, aron. A purse, an, a mourner is allowed, must do kriya. As the Torah says to the sons of Aaron, remember when they were mourning for their brothers, loitofrimu, do not tear your clothes. Michal tukuli amam mechayibu. This implies that everyone else should tear their clothes. So that's uh, straightforward. Now he says, munude malba kriya, teiku, mitzoro malba, what does a, Someone who's put into excommunication tear their clothes. Take what's left unresolved. Mitzoro mahu bakriya. Does a mitzoro tear their clothes? Toshma, but God of you, prumim, shumukrum, shmamina. The Possek says, by a mitzoro, the Possek says, his clothes should be from him, that they must be torn. Shmamina, and that's conclusive. Um, interesting enough here, it says, we ask the question, does a Manure do kriya? And as I brought you the story by Rebeleza, when he was told he was put into Kherim, he tore his clothes. So shouldn't we bring that as a proof that a manure does tear their clothes? So that one of the answers given is that no, maybe Rebeleza didn't tear his clothes as an obligation. He tore his clothes out of uh, distress. Okay, now we move on to the next one. Kfiyas This is they used to, he says, Ovel chai be Samita. Ovel is obligated to turn over his beds. 
what's the purpose of this? So on the surface, they used to eat and eat and sleep, etc., on their beds. And when they would become an ovel, they would overturn it. Seems it's almost a leniency that otherwise they'd have to sleep on the floor. So now we allow them to turn their bed upside down, and then they can sleep on their upside down bed. Um, as we'll see over the page, there seems to be an intrinsic connection. We'll see this over the page, but an intrinsic connection that turning over the bed actually symbolizes mourning. It's not just a thing to suffer a little bit more or so that he has somewhere to sit on. The Turning a bed has a direct correlation to mourning. We'll see that over the page. Um, nowadays, we don't do this Kriya Samhita. One of the simple reasons is our beds are different. So therefore, turning the bed upside down doesn't... Uh, doesn't serve this purpose. Okay, but as we said, an oval is also, an oval must turn his bed. Tatani bar kapora, as bar kapora taught, dmust yukne nosati bochem. Hashem said, I made people in my image. I made people betzelem alokim. And through their sins, I have overturned it. Kopu therefore you must overturn your beds. I, when Hashem has taken away the Tselem Elohim, you turn over the beds. Now why? Yeah, um, it represents, it seems it represents overturning. The Tselem Elohim is lost in the case of death. It goes from a live person. I guess the world's turned over and he's now dead. And what, so what on a deeper level could be the connection between a bed that we're saying? A bed represents the, the change of Tselem Elohim. The passing of the Tselem Elohim. So one explanation is because a bed is where new life is created. And therefore, this is the opposite. This is the taking away of Tselem Elohim, not the increase of Tselem Elohim. And that's a represent, representation of turning over the bed. But as I said, regardless of exactly how you learn it, we see from this Gomorrah that there's an intrinsic correlation between mourning and turning over the bed. It's not We don't have to come on to a practical reason. It's uh, almost symbolic of it representing the Tselem Elohim that's passed. What about a Menuda and a Mitzorah? Do they do Kfir Samita? Take or they leave that unresolved. Um, yeah. Now, an interesting question that the Gvura Sari asked, not over here, but in Tanis. He says, why is it even a question by Munuda and Mitzorah? We just said the whole reason for Kfir Samita is because the Tselem Elohim that's lost. The reflection, the image of Hashem that is lost when a person passes away. A Munuda and Mitzorah, that's not at all relevant. So he discusses there and he says, maybe there's the aspect, maybe there. So here it's, by morning there's the added aspect of the Tselem Elohim there. It's just out of sar, out of anguish. But it's an interesting question. Why would you even think that they should? Okay, now we move on to the next one. Asias Malocha. Can an ovel also Asias Malocha? An ovel is not allowed to work. He's not allowed to be involved in business. He's not allowed to do his work. Do you see as it's written, ovel, I switched your festivals to morning. Ma, or I turned over your festivals to morning. Ma, chag malocha. What's the? It makes a hekesh. Just as on a festival you're not allowed to do malocha, so too an ovel is not allowed to do malocha. Menude malba says malocha. Is a menude someone excommunicated allowed to do work? It says, Omar of Yosef, Toshma of Yosef says, Come in here, Kesha Omru Osir Basis Malacha, La Omru Elabiyom, Avabalala Osir. Again, this is in Tanis. This is that we say that they're not allowed to do work. That's during the day, but at night they are allowed to. Vachainatomoitse, but menude of ovel. 
And so do you find with the Menudan and Ovil. I, my love, Akulin must be going on all of them. I once, the, this practice that they had um, by, by these fast days is the same as Menuda and Ovil. So just as an Ovil doesn't do work, so to a Menuda wouldn't do work. Tomorrow I ask, but then it says, Lo, Ashara, it could be going on all the others. I, maybe it's not this one. Maybe the other halachas that are, that are connected between a Menuda Ovil and a Mitzara. So fine, Toshma, trapping another proof. Menuda shine shine in law, niskav niskar in law, shmamina. We saw in the Bryce on the previous Amud that someone who's excommunicated can be taught, he can teach, but he can teach, he can be taught, he can hire, and he can be hired out. So he can work. We see that a Menuda can work. Mitzora Malba says Malacha, can a Mitzora do work? Teku, we leave it unresolved. Ovel, also Berchitza, now we move on to the next one. An Ovel is not allowed to wash himself, not allowed to bath. Tzichsifas is written by Alta Soichi Shemen. Again, this is by Yoav with that woman when he told her, I want you to be a mourner. Don't anoint yourself. Rechitza bichlal sicha. And Rechitza is a subcategory of anointing. It says, Menuda mahu berechitza. Can a menude do wash himself? So, Amr Abiyah said, Toshma. It says, Kesha Amr also berechitza la Amr ela kol kufa aval pon of Yodavaragla muta. Again, this is in Tanis by these fasts that we were discussing. And we said this, that we said, he can't wash himself, that's specifically his whole body. But he can rinse his face, hands and feet. And so do we find by a menude and an ovel. Oh, my love, Akula. Must be saying that all these halachas line up. I Just as a, um, by those fasts, we're saying that by those fasts they can't wash themselves. Well, so to an oval and a manuda can't wash themselves. So there's law ashara, maybe it's going on the other halachas. And maybe there are other halachas that when we say, that, yeah, we should have seen that whole brysa, but as you can notice, we keep on referencing back to that brysa, and the brysa in the discussion of Tanis, which discusses when the, 30, the fasts and the 13 fasts have passed, how they behave. And there it says, at the end of that, it says, So similarly, you find by Menudo Ovel. So our suggestion is always, oh, it's the same. Those fasts are the same as Menudo and Ovel. So any halachas you find there, you could apply to a Menudo and Ovel. And the answer is no, maybe it's going on other halachas. Not all the halachas, but some of them. Okay, then we go, Can a Mitzorah wash himself? Okay, we leave that unresolved. Now we move on to the next one, wearing shoes. Ovel also benil as a sandal. An ovel is not allowed to wear shoes. Because Hashem said to you shall keep your shoes on your feet. That implies that all other people would not wear shoes. Does an excommunicated person wear sandals? Says Omar Yosef, Toshma. Come in here. Again, this is by Tanis, by those fasts. When they said you're not allowed to wear shoes, that's specifically in the city, but if you're traveling, you would be allowed to. How is this? When he's walking on the journey, he puts on his shoes. As soon as he gets into the city, he removes his shoes. And as we said, similarly, by a menude, someone excommunicated in an oval. We see, oh, just as these people don't wear shoes, they're the same as a menude. So a menude shouldn't wear shoes. My love, Akula. Must be going there all the same. No, lo ashara, just on specific ones. No, not all the halachas that we say by the fast days apply to a menude and an oval. 
Okay, Metzora Malben Elasa Sandelt, that's a Metzora word. Taiku, we leave that unresolved. Okay, now we move on to the next one. Oval also Batashmish Hamita. An oval is not allowed to have relations with his wife. Dirsiv, as it's written. Now, this is again by David when, when his son with first son with Bacheva died. So he says, Vayinachem David as Bacheva. David comforted Bacheva as she went through the morning. And then he came to her. I had relations. Also, we see that at first it was Asur. And only after the Shiva did it become um, Mutar. Did it, yeah, only after Shiva. Um, very interestingly, um, it says there that as soon as David heard the son died, he got up, he got dressed, he, he washed himself and he got dressed. How could he do that? Wasn't he supposed to go into mourning? So one answer is um, that a king has a halacha that he always has to appear in his splendor. He always has to, which overrides the laws of Avelus. Another answer given I saw, where was, oh, Tosfos Arosh. Um, he says there, very interesting that, no, it was before David started mourning. And he wanted to dress uh, smart and go to base Hashem, to daven to Hashem. And that's why he was allowed to. Okay, but that's a technicality in the Gemara, in the in the Psukim over there. And how to fit it in with David became a mourner, etc. Now the Gemara asks, Menuna ma'abu tashmishamita, is someone in Cheyrem allowed to have tashmishamita? Now again, you're going to come on to the obvious question here. Didn't we say that someone who's excommunicated is not allowed within Dalet Amos of any of people? So how's he ever going to get close enough for Tashmish Amita. So the Rishonim answer very interesting. Some say that it's his whole household. He is allowed to come close to, specifically other people, but his household he is allowed to come close to. And someone is saying, no, it, it would be limited to uh, um, to his wife. Because Ishtokagufa, a person's wife is like themselves. So that's why the question stands. Can a Menuda have Tashmish Amita. So all the oh, this was the fourth source. I forgot. All the time that Bnei Israel were in the desert, they were excommunicated. After they sinned by the eagle, and Hashem said, "You're not going into Eretz Israel for forty years." Bnei Israel were like they were excommunicated. Cannot go into the source now. But they did do Tashmish Amita. How do we know that they did Tashmish Amita? Because. Every year people died. Remember the old generation died. But by the time they did the census at the end when Ben Israel were going to go into Eretz Israel, they still had 600,000 Jews. So they must have been having Tashmish Amita. So Amal Abayah, the Dilma Menudel HaShomayim, shiny the Kal. Maybe Menudel HaShomayim is different because it's more lenient. I Maybe when Shomayim puts in Cherem like Ben Israel in the desert, there they're not allowed to work. There they... It's more lenient, so they're allowed to have Tashmish Amita. But where Beisdin put someone in Nidui, maybe it's stricter. So the Gemara asks, Ah, oh, You told us that it's maybe more stricter. When we brought the proofs from the fasting, they, you must act like someone who is Menude. And Abai says, No, that's stricter because it's from Shomayim. So, and here you're saying it's more lenient. She says, No, Abai is not sure whether being put in excommunication by Hashem is stricter or more lenient than being put into excommunicate, being excommunicated by Beisdin. And therefore, whichever way you say, if you want to say go stricter or go lenient, he's going to challenge you and say, But maybe it's different. So, basically, in other words, we're not sure of the connection, which one's stricter and which one's more lenient, 
between someone excommunicated by Hashem and someone excommunicated by Beidin. Okay, why should it be more lenient? So one answer is because Hashem still wants you to do the mitzvahs. Whereas Beidin may be one who puts you in suffering and difficulty so that you do tshuva, so that you uh, um, repair what you've done wrong. You pay back the money, etc. Or, or for whatever reason they put you in, in excommunic they excommunicated you. Okay, Mitzorah Ma'ut V'tashmi Shamita Can a Mitzorah V'tashmi Shamita So Toshma D'tanya V'yoshem Mechutz L'Ohaloh um, he will stay outside of his tent. He's like someone who's excommunicated from his house and like an ovel who is also in Tashmish This is because Ohel refers to his wife. Shenemar, he says, Tell Ben Israel to return to their tents. I tell Ben Israel they're allowed to go back to their wives. We see conclusively that a Mitzorah, again, this is in the days of of his purification is Osur Batashmish Hamita. As we said, I don't know if you remember from um, about a week ago, we learned when he's an actual Matsora, he has the disease. It's a question whether he's allowed Tashmish Hamita, but this is the stage after. It's very clear that he's not. And we should answer the question of Menude because the Bryce says, so we see a menude should also be osur. Says Amar Avuna, Braid Rapin, Chas Mishmeid Rav Yosef, Miktani Sha Osur doesn't teach that is osur. Sheyaheikam menude uka avil b'miliachrisi. What it's saying is that he should be like a menude and avil in other halachas. The osur nami v'tashmish amita and the matzari is also osur tashmish amita. So you can't. It's, it could be an added fact, an added point to the list, not uh, not part of the list. Now, let's go on to the last one. Can an oval send his korbonus to the base Hamigdash? So, or, yeah, sending korbonus to the base Hamigdash to be offered on your behalf. So, oval, ain't a mishalea korbonus of, and oval is not allowed to. To Tanya, as we learned in the Bible, Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Shlomim. It says, Shlomim, bizman shehei shalem, v'lo bizman shu oinein. A person has to be whole. I, um, Rashi says that he's settled, his mind is um, composed, or... Um, the Rashi Kisvayad says, Shalem Basimcha, he's full of joy. Interesting enough, we see this a person is only counted whole if they're happy. A depressed person, a, a sad person is not counted as a whole person. And to offer a korban, you have to be a whole person. Can someone who's excommunicated send korbanos to be offered in the base? When Ben Israel were in the desert, they were menude from Hashem, and they offered korbanos of. No, maybe being excommunicated by Hashem is more lenient. But excommunicated by Beisdin, you would not be allowed to offer a korban. Says to kill. What do you mean excommunicated is more lenient? You told us earlier that being excommunicated is stricter. No, Abai is not sure whether being excommunicated by Hashem is more lenient or stricter than being excommunicated by Beisdin. And therefore, whichever way you try to compare it, he will challenge you the other way. I Maybe it's stricter, maybe it's more lenient. But he says that's no source. Says Mitzorah, so okay, so we don't have a source whether someone who's menuda is allowed to send korbanos to be offered in the base of Mitzorah. Mitzorah, Maushi Yishla korbanos, can a Mitzorah offer korbanos or send someone to offer korbanos for him? Obviously, Mitzorah is not allowed in the base of Mitzorah, so can he send someone? Says Toshma Detanya, we learned in a Brisa. Acharei this is by a Kohen who becomes Tomei after his purification. Acharei, yeah, I should give a just a little preface to this is that if you read through it's, it's three psukim in uh, in Yechezkel 
And basically the drosh, it sounds like it's one topic, but the drosha, how the Gemara learns it, is it's three separate points. It says, He's Tomei for seven days after he's a mace, and he's allowed to send, He shall count seven days. That's referring to the seven days that a Mitzora counts. And on a day when a Kohen comes into the court, the inner courtyard, to serve in the holies and to offer his chattas. What's that referring to? That's referring to when a new kohen starts his service in the base of Mikdash. He brings a special korban. That's how Rabbi Yehuda learns the pasuk. But now important for us, Rabbi Shimon, or the gears should be changed a little bit to on the day that he comes, Yakriv, he can offer it. When a coin can come into the base Amitash, he can have a korban offered on his behalf. When a person cannot come into the base Amitash, they cannot have korbanos offered for them, and that would be a mitzara. So we have an answer to our question. So again, very interesting halachas. We've gone through a whole list of halachas avelos. Um, remember, can they have haircuts? Can do they cover their hair? Do they put on tefillin? They don't greet, they don't learn Torah, they don't launder their clothes, they do Kriya, they do Kfiasa, they overturn the bed, they don't do Malacha, they don't bath, Rechitza, they don't wear shoes, also Betashmish Hamita, they don't send their Korbanos to be offered in the Beis Hamidash. Those are the whole list of Halachas we said that by an Ovel. And now, the, and then we asked, what are, do, are these the Halachas the same by Menuda, someone excommunicated, and by a Mitzorah? Okay, we'll leave it there for today and we'll continue tomorrow.